All right, mamas, the holidays are upon us and they are filled with good and right celebration. But that also means it can be really difficult to honor our finances during a time of so much good. Or if we are honoring our finances, not to do so without creating a scarcity mindset. But don't worry, we've got you this holiday season because we are bringing back our holiday planner. It is an extensive holiday planner because if you know me, you know I love planning and you know I love organizing. You can find it in the show notes, you can find it on Instagram, and you can find it on our website. In addition to our holiday planner, we have got a fantastic guest for you today. She is going to come on and set us on the right path. Her name is Amanda Texera. She is the co-founder and co-owner of WalletWin with her husband, and it is there their mission to help Catholics find financial freedom by eliminating debt, building savings, and changing the world through generosity. They are also the creators and hosts of their very own podcast, The Catholic Money Show. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. What an important conversation, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Yes, we are so grateful to have you. So will you start us off by telling us a little bit about your precious family and sharing what led you to such a passion for becoming money mentors? Sure, yes. So Jonathan and I, we have three daughters, who all whom came to us through adoption. Josie is eight, Charlotte is six, and Eleanor is five. Uh, We are also, fun fact, in the adoption process, God willing, for baby number four. So we will see when that comes together. We also have a Labrador retriever named Winnie. We named her after Winnebago because we're really into RVing. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. we We had another Labrador retriever. He recently passed away, our beloved first one, but we are now... At the time of recording, we have a deposit in on a Labrador puppy. So we'll be back to two dogs in no time. And we are also homeschooling. So we are a homeschooling family who occasionally jumps in our RV and travels across the country to avoid the harsh weather of Nebraska winters. So yes, that's us in a nutshell. And our story of finances really is born out of our own struggles Back when we got married, we did not know a lot about our personal finances. Mm -hmm. It was just one of those areas, you know, we had submitted every area of our life to the Lord, except our finances looked like everybody else in the world. And we just didn't know how to Mm -hmm. manage them in light of our faith. While we were actually on our honeymoon, my husband put the honeymoon on a credit card and the bill came due and i got the email that the bill was due when we were on this honeymoon oh wow and i asked him do we have the money to pay it off and we opened up our bank account and we didn't and i had a panic attack and we got into a huge fight <laughs> and it it was a long story but we came home and i said we need to know everything who do we have debt with where's your bank account what's my you know login details to my bank account Who do we have student loans with? Mm -hmm. You have a credit card. How many and what's on it? And we kind of tallied everything up. And at the time, we had $25,000 in debt total. And we were missionaries with Focus, Fellowship of Catholic University students, and we were fundraising. And our our total take-home pay at that time in our life was $35,000 a year. So looking at owing about a year's income was a discouraging place to be as newlyweds. And we just knew Mm -hmm. that well, we could either kind of pay this off and have a mediocre existence for the next decade, or (laughs) we could just get locked and loaded and laser focused and work on getting rid of the debt and learning the skills to actually manage our money well in a way that glorifies God. And at the time, there really weren't any Catholics speaking about money. So the only sources we had to learn from were our Protestant brothers and sisters who are great, but they can only go so far. So there were just areas where we wanted to go deeper. We really wanted to clarify the church's teaching on X, Y, or Z. And so we were we were learning from these teachers, whether it was in their books or their radio shows or their podcasts, and then filling in the, the worldview with our Catholic faith by having to really dig in and do the research because nobody has seemed to unpack money according to our Catholic faith in modern times, but the church has so much to say about it. So as we were doing this, we paid off all of our debt in about seven months. And then we took that same zeal. Yes, it was 
it was crazy to us too. <laughs> Took that same passion and zeal and put it towards savings and then adopting and buying a home and adopting again and adopting again. <laughs> Three girls in four oh. years. But praise God that he led us on the journey or else we never would have been able to say yes to growing our family as rapidly as we did. And so that was the journey that God took us on. And then we were still on staff with Focus and we noticed that ever increasingly people were coming over to our dinner table to be at to be coached on their finances or how to get out of debt. We were speaking at Theology on Taps about budgeting. And it was almost like a Mother Teresa call within a call. And that, you know, we were no mm-hmm. longer being asked by the Lord to be missionaries on college campuses. Okay, where do you want us, Lord? And he asked, Would you unpack finances according to the Catholic faith? You know, would you help set the church financially free. Because if we can do that, oh my goodness, the new evangelization could happen more quickly. And so that kind of became our new passion. And in 2017, uh, late 2017, we rolled out WalletWin for the first time, not knowing if anybody would enroll. You know, here's this money class that we're going to offer. What do you know, 16 people enrolled. And that just got the ball rolling and things have grown since then. And now Almost six years later, we have a membership with, you know, thousands of different individuals and families in it, and things have just kind of taken on a life of their own. So that's oftentimes what the Lord will do, right? You don't know what you're saying yes to, and then Mm -hmm. he just kind of takes you along for the ride. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, so that's been our journey of just kind of learning how to be intentional with our finances. And just over the years, yeah, we've not only taken what we've learned, but then started to teach it to others and help them become intentional good stewards over what the resources that the Lord's entrusted them with. So one of the hottest issues every single year that we get asked about is Christmas and then that the ultimate financial hangover of January of the credit card bills that Mm -hmm. go unpaid and oh my goodness, what did we do? Yes. (laughs) So good on you gals for wanting to get proactive about that and have a conversation early. I like that you call it a hangover too, because I feel like for so many people, that's exactly what it feels like. And I myself grew up with a really good example for finances. And so even at 15, I had my own job and I was using Quicken to log all my finances. When I first buried my husband, we set to paying off all of the debt between the two of us to where we could set up our family. And so we've been very blessed in that way, but I just don't think that's the norm. You know, growing up, it felt like the norm to me, but after meeting my husband, I realized that's not the norm for everyone or the norm that two people would come into a marriage, both understanding or knowing that. And the norm is actually the opposite where people just kind of run with their finances, however, or they just look at their bank account and they're like, well, there's money in there. I'm going to use it. And oh my goodness, that the idea of that absolutely stresses me out. So as far as Christmas comes into play, I think that it's really easy when we have to decide between a good and a good to have the hardest time saying no. And Tiffany says that all the time, like the hardest no is between a good and a good. And that can feel very strong at Christmas time. So you guys are definitely masters of money, but not just money really of proper and good money mindsets. And it seems like through what I've heard from you on the podcast and what I've seen with interviews with you, you've learned how to build trust and generosity within your money mindsets and not fear and scarcity. And that specifically, I feel like sometimes we feel like when we're looking at our finances for the holidays, it's an all or nothing mindset. And it's either we can't afford that, we can't afford that, we can't afford that, or it's just buy it all, you know? (laughs) So how have you kind of found that sweet spot? And what can you tell some of our mamas about finding that Mm. as well? It's such a good question. And when we, you know, work with families about entering the holidays intentionally in a debt-free way without any sort of hangover following them into the new year, the place that we do start is just exactly what you said with the mindset and really encouraging. I think it it might be Stephen Covey, I forget, who kind of coined the principle of start with the end in mind. When you're in January and you're looking back on how December went or, you know, November and December, what are the things that kind of bubble to the top for you? What do you want accomplished? And be really specific about just naming those things Mm -hmm. and knowing that don't be attached to how it might happen, but Be clear on what's a win for you. You know, you want to look at Christmas lights. You want to establish one or two new traditions. You definitely want to do a Jesse tree. You want at least five or six dinners, you know, with just candles and, and 
peaceful music. I don't know. Families vary in what they kind of want during this time. Yeah. You want you want to yes. host two parties, yeah. one of them being an ugly Christmas and one of them being Christmas sweater and the other one yeah. being kind of yeah. like an epiphany party. I'm not sure. It really is limitless out there and it's probably going to look unique mm-hmm. to your family. Don't believe that whatever the algorithm is feeding you in the Catholic social media world is what you're supposed to do. So dig in and get mm-hmm. clear on what it is that matters to you. And then from there, you kind of reverse engineer it based off of the financial reality. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But I want families to know that there's really an endless amount of paths that you could probably take to get to this end goal. This magical Christmas or whatever you'd like to create for you and for your family and for your kids, it can probably get pulled off on any budget if you're just creative enough and if you're really clear on what you want to have happen and unattached from how it's got to look. And, you know, the reason I, I say that is just so much of, of life, we don't get to always control things. But if we know what we wanted to accomplish, it just creates so much freedom in the process. So just one little example. So last summer, actually, we had a family vacation we were planning in June. And I had mapped this thing out to the T. It was a two-week-long road trip out to Yosemite, not Yosemite, Yellowstone. Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons. Every day had an agenda. Every day had a reservation. Every day was, you know, it was very well done planning. (laughs) Patted myself on the back. Felt so proud. It took seven months to put together. But before we did that, my husband and I sat down and talked about what we actually wanted to have be accomplished on our family vacation. And we named those things Mm -hmm. out. And then I did the planning. Well, there was a huge flood and Yellowstone washed away the week we were supposed to leave for our trip. I don't know if anybody remembers this. Yes, I do. The park had to be evacuated. Nobody could come. And so I sat there Mm -hmm. and I had a moment of, oh my gosh, I could now have a fit and feel sorry for myself. Or I could go back to that list that my husband and I originally created that said, we just want time together. You know, we want to play some games as a family. We want to eat some good food Mm -hmm. and we want to get away and not have to work for a couple of weeks. You know what? When we looked at that, we realized we could plug almost anywhere in and it became Minnesota instead. Underwhelming Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) What? That's the motherland. That is, that's where I'm from. I don't mean to offend you. No, I'm not offended at all. You can't offend her. We're nice there. We're okay if you don't like Minnesota. Okay, but Yellowstone versus Minnesota. I can see. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. No mountains. We don't have mountains. Okay, but but that's a wonderful point. Yes. So yes. I mean, it was. You know, you if you go in focused on what you really wanted to have accomplished, and Mm -hmm. realize, you know what. I could go ahead and accomplish that in a myriad of ways. And just because maybe this year the finances aren't lining mm-hmm. up with it, or just because I don't, we don't get to include this or that activity, mm-hmm. this isn't lost. I can still create the Christmas that we want to have happen. We're just going to have to go about it a different way. And I think that that eliminates scarcity because you stay in control and know that mm-hmm. you still have tons of options in front of you and that the Lord really will provide if you are willing to be open and creative, there's just a limitless number of things out there. Because if we all went with what the Instagram influencers or whatever we're doing for Christmas with all the matching pajamas and the Pottery Barn stockings mm-hmm. and, and you know, the, the between Christmas and New Year's tropical getaway, we'd be spending 20K. <laughs> And And the mountains of gifts, like the the gifts people show (laughs) for their children, like mind boggles. It really is. Yes. And then the parties and the food and the, and the crafts Mm -hmm. and one, we're going to get overwhelmed, frankly. And then two, we're going to harm ourselves financially. And then the family, Mm -hmm. the family that we love and need to operate 11 other months out of the year is now going to be hamstrung because we hurt ourselves at Christmas time. So just getting that mindset of, you know what, we're going to do it without debt. And that's going to look different every single year with how much you have available. But knowing Mm -hmm. that these things we really want to have happen could come about through a ton of different ways with a little bit of creativity, using local events, looking at mom blogs in your area to find things, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to get to the end goal on any budget, any budget. You really Mm -hmm. could. 
And so right then and there, that should just kill all scarcity and that there's going to be a way for your family to have a great Christmas and a great holiday season. Mm-hmm. So if you want to host on Thanksgiving, et cetera, there's, there's a path for you and it doesn't have to include wrecking yourself financially. Amazing. Yes. Yes. Preach. Yes. (laughs) I really appreciate too the idea that you settle in and kind of create these foundations to what you truly want. And I think there's so many temptations and obligations during the holidays that it's easy to fill all of our time and budget with all of those things. So to stop and say, okay, what is the most valuable to us and work from that place is just such a place of peace to come from Mm -hmm. where you can move forward and you don't get that hangover in January because you were able to accomplish the things that were the most valuable to you. You weren't trying to just give in to, because there's so much good. There's every Christmas party. There's every sale that you want to participate in. There's all of these Catholic businesses you want to support. Like there's just so much good and it, the good just mounts and mounts and mounts at the holidays. (laughs) It does. So much, which is beautiful and amazing, but it makes it really hard to be intentional with our finances, to honor our finances, I think, in a lot of ways. I know WalletWin also has programs for children. So are there any things that you suggest as far as working with children around the holidays? Because even if we've made good decisions for our families, our children are still surrounded by cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, and other children in the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. wherever other influences that might be encouraging their eyes to be a lot bigger than their stomachs, so to speak. So are there ways that you can suggest to bring our families in, to bring our children in to this idea that we're starting from our values and that saying no to some of these good things doesn't mean that we just don't have enough. We're not enough to have Mm. enough, but that we're making conscious choices to be able to do Mm. that. Yes, absolutely. And I I think that this is really just the the skill of budgeting. And instead of, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people hear the word budget and they think of a financial juice cleanse and studies have shown that it provokes the same pain in your brain as a, the word diet. Wow. And so, you know, that that it's because it's gotten a bad rap over the years that mm-hmm. a budget is a whip, a, penal, a penalty box, the ultimate fun killer, the thing that tells me that out of every dollar, I have to put 99 cents towards bills and one penny for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. just that that's not a budget. A budget, as Catholics understand it, is that it's a tool, it's the most practical way we could ever live virtue with our money because it helps mm-hmm. us in transparency and in accountability and in stewardship by protecting the things that God's asking us to protect. And for our kids, when they get invited into that process, now I really wouldn't recommend bringing your kids to a your, you know, your, your family budget meeting, but if you have a specific Christmas budget, probably your kids over the age of 10, you might be willing to share with them what that amount might be. And each of your kids, you might even entrust them with a with a small amount. You want to help them be able to buy Christmas presents for their siblings. Um, you know, even if it's just you're giving them $15 and you're going to let them go to a thrift store and get something for everybody in the family or make something for mm-hmm. people in the family. I think our kids want to also give. They don't want to just receive. Every year, our kids, they go to a hybrid homeschool and they do a St. Nick's market where all the parents donate a ton of items and then they're very low cost and our kids get to go shop for each other and then for us as parents. And their eyes on Christmas morning are brighter watching us open the things they got us instead of when they receive whatever it is, you know, that we got mm-hmm. them. And so just know that our kids, they, they're they aching to get into that generosity of Christmas and think it's a good practice for them to start handling little bits of money and having to, to kind of discern, how am I going to divvy $15 up amongst five siblings, you know, mm-hmm. and then doing yeah. the math and just kind of prioritizing from there. That, that's a really good exercise for them. And it's it's not telling them that they don't have, they don't have enough. They're just, they get to be proactive of, I have enough. I just have to find items that fit the amount I have. Mm-hmm. It's just such a different approach instead of just thinking, I just don't have anything. And so that's a really good activity. And I really encourage adults to create a holiday budget. Ideally, you know, we're listening to this uh, coming up on the holidays. Ideally, 
you would be saving for this year round. That's what the Texera family does because you just never know when you're going to come across a, a really great item that would be perfect for Christmas. So we save, we just take the amount we know we want to spend at Christmas and we divvy it up by 12. And then every single month we're saving that smaller amount because it's just a whole lot easier than trying to grab $500 in November and another five, you know, just trying to piece it together out of thin air when there was all these other obligations on our budgets too, you know, with kids, sports activities ending, and then you got to pay for the lessons starting in January. Mm -hmm. It's a bad time to try to just pull money out of thin air. And so if you can spread it out over 12 months, it's just going to make make it so much easier. And then when you do see that sports team that your dad loves and there's a clearance on, you know, the the jerseys, then you can grab that in May and you don't have to mm-hmm. wait because you already had the money set aside for it. So we do recommend saving for that. And then we actually, and I'm happy to share this with everybody listening, we can, we can do a link in the show notes. We have a free Christmas budget planner tool. So sometimes it's just not enough to see that, okay, great. I have $800 available to spend on Christmas, but, uh, how do I spread that out? That can be tricky. And so then we have this tool so you can say, great, 50, you're going to this grandparents and 50, you're going to that grandparents Mm -hmm. and then the white elephant gift and the, the work gift exchange. And you get to list off all the things that you know, are going to pull at your Christmas Mm -hmm. budget. And then you also get to prioritize like, hey, us as a family, we wanted to prioritize hosting that party and going and looking at lights and getting hot cocoa. Um, And so we've got to make sure there's money for those things too. And so you can do that in this Christmas budget tool that kind of plucks that number off of your budget spreadsheet and actually gives you an ability to break it down in a more step-by-step way. So that can just be so practical and helpful. Now, I know people listening and thinking, oh my gosh, we didn't save for Christmas at all. You might be panicked. (laughs) But really, again, it's not too late. Honestly, again, you might only, you know, I say that in quotations because it's, you know, it's not true, but Mm -hmm. it might only be feasible for your family between now and Christmas to come up with $200. And Mm -hmm. there's no shame in that. You you can go ahead and start saving for next year in January. Great. Fine. You know what? You got 200 bucks and it might not get you as far as maybe you had dreamed, but going back to what you wanted to have happen, now you know, and you have a boundary around what Christmas has to fall within in order to not harm your family and fall into imprudence in taking care of those under your charge, but you, you've got a boundary around it and now you know what you've got and what you're working with. And that's just going to enlighten you and give you and know, help you know what your options are going to be. So if that was, you know, honestly, I'll just be, I'll be totally transparent. Our first year we started a business, WalletWin, it started in November of 2017 and we were living off savings. Do you know how much we had in our budget for Christmas four weeks later? We had like $100 <laughs> because we didn't want to – why were we going to eat into savings for a magical right. Christmas for a, for a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> so we just let grandparents give the kids gifts. We didn't get each other anything. We just got mm-hmm. stuff for our siblings and our parents, and that was it. And then we did yeah. a ton of free stuff in our local area and had a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so – it's, it's all about, but we knew, we knew what the limit was. We knew what the budget was. And we had some of those hard conversations. And I know people listening might need a little bit of maybe coaching or whatnot around it. But sometimes you know that there's this family member who they're going to spend on you and they expect you to spend it back. Mm-hmm. And that is just not healthy, but I understand it. You might have the gift givers and that's their love language, but Right about now, if you're listening to this episode and it's before the holidays, now is the time to ring up that family member and just say, if things are tight, because hello, inflation and even six-year mm-hmm. earners are feeling like they're paycheck to paycheck and freaking out right now. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just a different time we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. It's time to make that phone call and to say, look, our family loves you, and we've but we've discerned we've got these types of boundaries and limitations on our on our income this year. We're going to be prioritizing this, this, and this. And so in light of that, we're going to skip doing the gifts of blah, 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 or we're going to be limiting them. We just wanted to go ahead and let you know that because I know you always are so generous with us. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't want you to feel like you needed to be as generous. 
because we're going to be limiting things this year. But I do appreciate that you've always thought of us in the past. You know, just open the line of communication so that you're not obligated because so many people, they're like, oh, we forgot to talk with these people. And then we had to bust out the credit card and spend $700 on gifts to for the, the niece, the nephew, the brother, the, because they mm-hmm. all spent on us. And that you just, that's not realistic and for many families. Mm-hmm. And that's not something you should get into. And you just need to be honest about your communication before it comes. Well, and just the idea that there there isn't shame around that. There shouldn't be any shame mm-hmm. about handling your money well. Nope. Yeah. And whatever well is for your family. And that could also allow those people who are showering you with gifts, maybe <laughs> they've been doing it this whole time on credit cards. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And maybe they'll be like, whew. Yeah. <laughs> started that trend years ago and I never thought we'd escape it. Yeah. (laughs) And I actually love that you speak about, you know, knowing, okay, we've only got $200 because it does, I think, give you back a lot of power and a lot of freedom when you know exactly where you're coming from. And you can say, you know what? We can't buy every kid. We have seven kids. You know, you can't always get every single kid a gift that's roughly around the same price and still be able to do anything else fun and because yep. we've definitely been in tight spots, but we've also chosen in past years to give a family gift. And that's always something you can do even when you're on a tight budget too. So I think having a foundation gives you far more options than when you're just running with things like that. It totally does. And then I did want to just offer a few ideas. You know, if somebody is feeling like things are, are tighter and they just are looking for practical ideas of, oh my goodness, what do I do? (laughs) How do I, you know, still show up with something I feel proud of? Just a few different practical ways that that could be lived out. So one, I don't know, have you gals heard of Coupon Cabin? No. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's a browser extension. And if you go to their website, couponcabin.com, every single day, they have essentially like a gift card that you could win. And it'll be like $100 off $100 at Target or $100 off $100 at Amazon or $50 off $50 at Walmart. So it's all these different places. Um, and we have a podcast episode if anybody wants to go deeper into you know how they end up, how do they earn their money, et cetera. Why would they do this? It's all legit. It's all completely good. But essentially, you know, my husband and I became pros at this that first year in business when we didn't have any fun money. <laughs> and you can only win up to three times. So between he and I, we won six times. But this was a huge deal. This was our spending money for that first year in business. This was how we gave gifts yeah. to, to, our, to our family members without having to create an increased budget. We won um, these gift cards. And then we would be able to do our shopping essentially at these places. And I would only, I, the, they're betting on you winning a hundred dollars and then going and spending three fifty because woo, yeah. I got a 30% off. No, no, you do it. Like I do it. You spend $101 with, and then mm-hmm. and you only spend a buck on your whole cart. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that is an amazing tool that a lot of people just don't know about that. It might be all the difference maker for you. There are sometimes some fine print restrictions like at Target, we couldn't buy toys. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we just had to get creative about what we could get that year. Mm -hmm. Another option would be re-gifting gift cards. I think we all get gift cards from just random things throughout the year, whether you did a survey or, um, you know, a neighbor gifted you one or and, and maybe you've got a gluten allergy and it was, you know, a gift card to yeah Panera or and you just don't want to go get a salad with nothing on it. And yeah. so this is a perfect opportunity just to take those and put them into use and to pass them along to somebody else whom they could bless. So that's a great idea. Another one would just be doing homemade things. And not, mm-hmm. you know, now we're in a day of an age where you can learn how to do some really incredible things at home. Brittany, I know that you and your family are super good about these types of things. But, you know, you could make them an artisanal loaf of bread or you could, gosh, that it's just limitless nowadays. You could go onto YouTube mm-hmm. and, and find all these creative videos on making coasters for people that are beautiful, etc. There's just so many ways that you could uniquely go about that, creating something that's mm-hmm. really custom right up the alley of this family member or this friend that they would appreciate more than just something that might be less personal. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, never underestimate the gently used market. We typically don't get gently used or thrifted items for anybody outside our family unless we know that we're all they're also equally as thrifty as we are. <laughs> Yeah, it's just because, you know, you don't want to be perceived as like the cheapskate. (laughs) So if we're going to like a white elephant gift exchange with friends, like we're bringing a new item, okay? But if it's just our family, 90% of our gifts to one another are probably from a thrift store or a consignment sale or from eBay or from Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. And there is no shame in that. You know, why why not Mm -hmm. save money on this, you know – What's what are those hair brushes that they blow dry your hair at the same time? Oh yeah, like the Dyson. Yeah, yeah. It's like giving you. It's like a blowout every day on your hair. Yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> you could go spend five hundred dollars on it, but what if your husband could get it for you for one hundred and fifty on Marketplace, like, and it was used once? Yes. Why wouldn't you not yes. do that? And yes, so, absolutely. Just these little things that are they're very practical, but sometimes people think that they can't do that, but you can do mm-hmm. that. You can totally do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are yes. just a, f- a couple little things in your back pocket. I don't know if you gals have any other ideas you want to add to maybe practically, if you had some limited funds this Christmas, how could you maybe spice it up a little more? Feel free to, to toss in your two cents. I love the idea of handmaking gifts, but the other thing is you can handmake stuff and then go sell it at a market mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things where that's actually what we usually do for Christmas every year or have in the past is we would work the markets towards and in around Christmas and then we would use that money for our Christmas stuff mm-hmm. because our budget was always really close to the belt every single <laughs> month. So whatever we made at those markets, we would usually cut 10% off and put it towards charity. And then we use some of that charity budget to help pay for some of the gifts. And then we would half it and put half into our savings and half into Christmas. And if we needed a little bit more than half, sometimes depending on how much we made, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we borrowed a little bit more than that. But that was kind of how we worked it. And I think that people underestimate how easy it is to just go pop into a market on a Saturday and you end up making $200, $300. And it's also a great way to bring your kids in. Mm Because not only are they seeing you be thrifty and to be creative, but they're also getting the opportunity to be creative and they're building kind of these entrepreneurial muscles or these muscles to say, okay, I didn't have exactly what I needed, but I can think outside the box and still get where I'd like to go. Because sometimes maybe you want to take a family trip. And there was a year where we did no gifts and we actually talked to the kids. We're like, if we could do Christmas gifts or go on a family trip to a cabin, which would you prefer? Mm. Because- you know, we're not going to do both. We're going to just let Santa know he's off the hook this year. And we're just going to take this time together as a family. To our surprise, actually, our kids unanimously chose the trip. And we ended up going with some families so that we could still afford it. And then in order to take some extra money, we decided to work on the side. So we had a little bit of spending cash along the way so we could do a few fun things when we got there. Oh my goodness. I love that. What about you? We, so my kids are older than yours, but pretty much since they could understand, we actually, we've only ever done two gifts. Mm -hmm. My kids have only ever gotten two gifts. So as soon as they knew well enough, we told them what their budget was and had them pick their gifts. Because that way they're opening something they wanted, and <laughs> then there's no disappointment. I mean, that's it's, it's, that is really practical. It is very <laughs> underwhelming, Minnesota. Like that's that, that really explains our Christmas. But then there's like there's no like you wanted this, mm-hmm. and this is what's wrapped, mm-hmm. and that's what you got. So yeah. I mean, I've had one child at least tell me that they're going to do Christmas very differently when they're older, <laughs> but they get to do that, right? Yeah. Like that, that it will be their, their family, but we're super practical. Yeah. And we've been married for 20 years and I don't think we've ever done Christmas gifts. So, which is good, honestly, for me, because I'm terrible at gift giving. <laughs> I would same. do the same thing for my husband. I would be like, here's your budget pick your stuff. (laughs) Which is so surprising because you are so thoughtful. I don't think I am. I think (laughs) you think I am. It does crack me up to see the way you do gifts. It does. I'm just like, here you go. I cash. If someone has a birthday, I am bringing Mm -hmm. cash. I just, just, yeah, same. Not really a gift giver. Much more quality time. So yeah, I'm usually buying my husband a gift like two days before Christmas it's usually something highly impersonal. One year it was a nose hair trimmer. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> we don't we we are right with you. <laughs> I do like the idea of doing less presents though as far as being able to give gifts or stretch your money a little bit farther. That's something that we did too is our kids only get two gifts in our household as well, which has multitudes of benefits, mm-hmm. you know, because as we've multiplied our family, that means that the gifts that come into our home multiply. Yes. Yeah, so that's been a whole nother <laughs> ball of yes. wax, as some people say, uh, trying to navigate. And my mother has always given very practical gifts, again, growing up in a big family. So she would call me around June and say, hey, who needs new shoes or who needs new rain boots? And pretty much she would always buy us sneakers or rain boots, depending on what the kids needed at that stage. And it was really, really helpful. So we didn't expect Christmas gifts from her ever. And for my mother-in-law just recently, we had given gifts and we were giving gifts to all the siblings on her side. We were doing gifts with all the siblings on our side. And we went to a system where everybody puts their name in. So we're only doing two gifts, which was another way. If you right now have a family where everybody's giving gifts to everybody, that is so incredibly expensive because- Things are just expensive now. You can't even give somebody a coffee for $5. So it's really not the same to give somebody $10 or $20 now or buy them a gift because a lot of things are very expensive if you're just going into Target and you're shopping for those people or you're shopping off of their list. There are other options where you can talk to your family, as you said, ahead of time and say, hey, what if we did a name drawing? Or what if we did something else because there are so many nieces and nephews? Yep. For a few years, we allowed them to buy gifts for each other, name by name, and that got too expensive because once you're doing seven little gifts for seven other people and so on and so forth, yeah. like it's amazing how beautiful it is when your family grows, but how expensive it is as it grows too in a lot of different ways. So instead, we started just trading families. And yeah. so now usually we send them like a little pack with a couple family games, some popcorn, and a movie Super or something. Fun. So it's a family experience, and that has reduced how much we spend in a very large way, but has also helped to encourage some of the things we value most, which is quality time as a family. And we got to say like, hey, we've put what we value most into this gift for you. My sister, she usually sends a box of Trader Joe's goodies. And so we always love when she gets us, (laughs) she'll send us a big box of all of the delicious treats and unique little things from Trader Joe's. And that's something that they find really special as a family. So it allowed for a lot of creativity without allowing for a lot of financial burden. Mm, That's awesome. One thing I did want to point out again is just as part of that scarcity mindset that I know some temperaments and personalities can fall into is that, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes there's two approaches to a Christmas budget there's, you know, you can only eliminate so many expenses on your own personal budget to free up some money for your Christmas Mm -hmm. budget. That's one side of the equation. But the other that you pointed out, Brittany, is sometimes it's nice to approach it from the other angle, from the income or revenue or earning angle. And if you put a little pressure up there, it can bring in extra for that budget. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of times people just get stuck on the other one And then they're just left sitting there thinking, well, guess we can't do anything instead of, oh, how might we? Great. Let's trim up some stuff and free up a couple hundred dollars. But then, oh, yeah, let's make elderberry syrup and sell it at the church farmer's market and then make $500 in a weekend. You know, these are Mm -hmm. absolutely valid options. And I love that you pointed that out. And it has the benefit once you kind of remove the mystique of it being something unknown or scary or anything, this is an option you have to also help you get out of debt too later on. You know, the option is not just get another job at McDonald's on the weekend, but there are things you can do as a family to get your finances back into a good place as well. It all starts there by just being a little bit more creative and thinking outside of the box. Absolutely. Okay, Amanda, before we start our rapid fire questions and we close out the podcast, I have one more big question for you. What are the unique aspects that make a Catholic money approach? Mm. Oh, my. I love that you asked that. We do get this question asked often when people are, you know, asking, you know, what makes you different than Dave Ramsey? (laughs) I'm sure. Sometimes it's like it's deer in the headlights because because the church is literally inexhaustible that it's almost like how 
it's almost every facet of how we approach something, you know, sometimes the, the Catholic approach to something is so all encompassing that it's like, it's hard to put into words. Essentially, the big differences would be we can't just take scripture verses about money and cherry pick them to be interpreted any way we want. That's one really big approach is of approaching it from a Catholic perspective. The Bible has a m- tremendous amount of things to say about money, but they don't always mean what maybe people want to say they mean. They have to be weighed in light of what we also have in tradition. And the church gives us tradition in a variety of ways through the catechism, through encyclicals or various letters or exhortations that popes have written and given us. We have the lives of the saints and their witnesses and their examples. And so we have to look at money kind of from all of those angles, if you will, Mm -hmm. and to receive the riches of the church from all of those sources, if you will. We can't just take one and ignore all the others. Mm -hmm. And so as far as money goes, to really see it from a Catholic perspective would be to realize that it's a gift and a resource entrusted to us, just like every other gift, and Mm -hmm. that the Lord is expecting it to come back to him with increase. This is something that we're not called to just miss, you know, if we, if we mismanage it or um, don't take care of it or put our heads in the sand, or we don't know what to do. So we just don't do anything. Well, we know what the Lord says to the, remember the, the parable of the stewards, the one given five turned it into 10 and was praised. The mm-hmm. one given two turned it into four was praised. The one who had one who buried it, he was thrown into jail or wailing of gnashing of teeth, hell, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Our approach to money is that we know that the Lord is giving this to us and he wants it back with increase. And so it has to support our family and our vocation or our vocation, whether that's to religious life, single and consecrated virginity, or the priesthood, or family life, it has to support that. And if it doesn't, we're not taking care of the money according to the way God's calling us to. And then Mm -hmm. it has to also then, once it's appropriately taking care of ourselves and those entrusted to us, we are now called to make sure it's working for the common good of all. Mm -hmm. So that's a really Catholic, a very basic definition of how to look at money as a Catholic is always going to be in light of our unique vocations and then the common good. And those two things right there will influence how we're supposed to manage it and handle it in any given situation. But if we lose sight of those two things, it can go sideways real quick. Oh, I absolutely agree with you there. And I think building our finances and our financial habits, starting with our faith, is not only an incredible gift to our families and living in right and goodness, but it changes future generations and it changes the future of the church as well. Absolutely. Okay, we are coming to the end of our time and we want to throw some rapid fire questions at you before you have to go. So if you are ready. Okay. What is a simple truth about money that you've learned from working with so many families that might surprise our listeners? Mm. Okay, simple truth. When we handle money wisely, whenever we come to a situation where we're in need, the Lord will always provide, sometimes through miraculous means. Amen. I'm so glad you said that. We have seen that time and time and time again. And my husband, I am the one who does finances in our house, so I, I tend to be the person who is still working through a scarcity mindset in a lot of ways. (laughs) And he is the kind who's just like, yeah, there's a project at church, give it $100. And I'm like, really? (laughs) I've learned to just follow in his footsteps. Whatever he says to give, whatever his whim is, I have learned to trust so fully in being able to give back and being able to be generous because time and time and time again, like the most crazy stories, like where you would get something back down to the penny of what you spent. And you're like, how? How?" And not even from just one source. And you're like, okay, there's no possible way that was not God. There's just no possible way. Like gives me goosebumps thinking about it, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. Sorry. You can (laughs) jump in with the next question. Okay. What money lesson do you wish you'd learned sooner? Oh, man. Just for for my own growth perspective, I wish I'd known to live generosity from day one of earning. Mm -hmm. You know, even when I was a child, that would have been good. Practically, oh, I totally wish I was the uh, 
you know, the example of compound interest of like Jimmy who saved $2,000 from age 18 to 25. Yeah. <laughs> and, had, really- and then never needed to re- save again, retired at yeah. age 50. That would have been great too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. What would surprise even the most catholic of Catholics about the Catholic money mindset? Ooh. Okay. This one is my husband would love to talk about this. Oh gosh, there's two things. <laughs> okay, give them both. Of yes. Them. Okay. All right, both of them. The Lord doesn't want 10%. The the New Testament, the law has been fulfilled and actually Jesus actually ups the ante. And so we're not obligated to give a certain percentage anymore. And just like in the Old Testament how we weren't, you know, you're not supposed to murder. That was one of the commandments. Jesus says now that even if you hate a guy in your heart, you basically murdered him. Or if you looked at mm-hmm. a woman lustfully, well, you're an adulterer now. And we are freed to give from the heart and from a spirit of generosity and love. And so because of mm-hmm. that, we're invited. And he, Jesus upholds the widow who gave even from what she couldn't give. Mm-hmm. We're called to give to the point where it's sacrificial. And some of us, 10% not enough. If we're high income earners, we got to give more. We got to give until it feels, we feel it. And there's a conscious like, oh, we're not doing these things because we're prioritizing giving. Catherine Drexel mm-hmm. gave 90%. She was an heir, a wealthy heiress and she gave 90% of her income away. And that was the amount that she could do prudently while also running her religious community. Others though, if you can't keep a roof over your head and food on the table, you might be only be able to give 2% and still do those things. That's okay. You're the widow giving all you have. And Jesus rebukes those who give from their surplus. We are not called to give from our surplus. So that's one. Mm-hmm. Second one would be that while respecting all what the, the church teaches that private property is a fundamental bedrock of our dignity, and our right to have private property. But the church also teaches that everything we have belongs to everyone. Not socialism, don't mishear me, but in this situation, if I have something, if I have extra, and there is a poor person who is about to die on my block, but I have food, it belongs to them. Mm -hmm. It's called the universal destination of goods. And most Catholics have not a clue what that means, but it has radical implications about our money. That was awesome. Awesome. Okay. What are four things your friends or family would say that you are good at doing during the holidays? Hmm. Okay. We host Thanksgiving and it's always a really good time and we make a specialty cocktail. So all the adults really enjoy that. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and then we're both cooking is a hobby for us. And so we use the holidays, not pridefully, but we, we flex. <laughs> yeah. We flex. Yeah. We go to all the parties and we sit in the corner when like our dish has been bottomed out and everybody else's have been barely touched. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> Nice. So that, and then my husband is just a, he's almost a cartoon character and how fun he is. And so like we have a tradition of on the feast of St. Lucy, because Lucy means light. We go out and look at Christmas lights. I make homemade cocoa. He decorates the van with lights. He dresses up in some sort of a weird outfit that we're embarrassed to be, you know, seen with him in. And then it's like three hours of going out and having fun. And yeah. And then that's just one example, but he carries that through the whole seasons. And our entire friend community benefits from this. Yes. Oh, I love that. (laughs) All right. And our last one, what holiday practices make your family special? Hmm. Well, I wouldn't say special, but we try to do the Jesse tree. So every single Mm -hmm. night starting, you know, when Advent begins, we try, it's all, it's, our oldest is eight. And so getting to this point has been a little messy and chaotic. (laughs) There've definitely been nights that get missed. (laughs) But every year we get a little bit better. The ornaments that we hang, they're all handmade. We were part of one of those like Jesse tree ornament exchanges with other families. Oh, Um, So we didn't have to buy a bunch of ornaments. We all just made you know, 25 of one particular. 
So every night we do a reflection on this on scripture, and then we hang the ornament, and then we try to do the O antiphons as well. That's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. I remember growing up, we made all of our Jesse tree ornaments with Fimo and um still has them to this day and we all oogle over like the lion that my brother made or the heart or the you know 10 commandments and everything so that's a special tradition that I think really does kind of hit home Mm -hmm. with kids in a big way all right Amanda please tell our listeners where they can find you and some of the things you have going on especially I would love for you to tell them about your programs for kids as well yeah so you can find us over at walletwin.com we have different free resources you know budget guides getting out of debt guides etc we also have a weekly podcast called the Catholic Money Show so anywhere where you're listening you can go ahead and give us a follow and you'll get updates and notifications we have an adult personal finance membership. It's called our Catholic Money Academy. And inside there, we have a course that you can work through that's comparable to maybe a Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University. But then we also offer ongoing coaching as well as financial formation in different ways, teaching you how to save money, how to earn money, maybe how to practically manage it, etc. And then we have kids classes too. So it's our wallet win kids we have for high schoolers. We have another for middle schoolers and then another for the grade schoolers. So we have a modified version of our 12 money milestones for kids because they have their own unique things that they kind of need to get, get set up and going. And so that can be found just over on our website as well. We did have a book published in 2021 with our Sunday visitor, and I believe you can get it on their website, our website, or even Amazon. It's for sale. It's called How to Attack Debt, Build Savings, and Change the World Through Generosity, A Catholic Guide to Managing Money. Absolutely awesome. That is going on my uh, wish list for sure. Maybe a good Christmas gift? Yes. (laughs) You're here to that. Absolutely. (laughs) All right, Amanda, thank you so much for being here with us today. We appreciate you so much, all of your wisdom. Mamas, please go check them out. They are a wealth of knowledge and just a wealth of goodness on their site and in all the different facets that they offer to everybody. Thanks so much for having me. Before you go, we've got two ways to set you up for success this holiday season. The first is our holiday planner, and mamas, it is extensive, and it's beautiful because that is my love language. I love making pretty printables. Inside, you're going to find ideas, inspiration, lists, activities, planning sheets, checklists, life note pages because you know how much Tiffany and I love life notes, gift and card organization, resources, and mamas, that doesn't even finish telling you what's inside. So go over to the shop, check the show notes, and you can get a link to go check it out. The second thing that's going to set you up for success this year is out of the generosity of our wonderful guest today and her sweet husband, Amanda and Jonathan Texera. They are sharing their debt-free Christmas spending planner with all of our listeners. So you can find the link for that in the show notes as well. And mamas, just remember, especially during this holiday season, you are doing beautiful work.